what's up y'all it's whitley and you're tuned in to another wondering whitley session today is sunday service and the message for today is you won't know until you try and what i mean about that is that believe it or not many of us are not scared of failure we're actually afraid of succeeding We're afraid of the responsibility that comes with operating in excellence. We're afraid of the burden that comes with the gift that people begin to expect from us when we're mastering or are a master at our craft or our business or whatever that we do or whatever service or product that we give or sell. We're afraid of maybe leaving people behind who are not doing the work or who are not disciplining themselves um, to be in certain circles that you now are privy to based on the work that you've done and based on the quality of service that you're offering the world. We're afraid of parts of our journey of looking like a beginner, you know, and not being the expert if we're used to always having the answers, always being in control. We're used to, you know, not exactly knowing what we're doing or not it not being polished and I just wanted to get on here and and encourage you that you won't know how far you can go unless you put on your shoes and start walking in that direction you won't know how much you can take until you put yourself under that pressure you won't know you know how many people you can influence or who you know who can be attached to you until you start speaking until you start letting your message be known or be heard you'll never know how far you can go you'll never know if you can reach that dream that you're always thinking about that's always in your mind that's always you know at the forefront of what you think life could be or what you can look what it can look like because if you can see it in your mind it is possible in your reality but there is a level of work that has to be done and even then we don't know the how we don't know every step it'll take to reach that next level but we can be sure that there is no way that you can put in intentional effort and put in work consistently and not at some point reach a harvest it just won't happen Um, Now, this message was brought (laughs) on because last night I was on Instagram and I follow a bunch of yoga pages, even though I haven't practiced yoga myself really consistently in over like a year and a half. Um, You know, yeah, I stretch, but people who practice yoga like that's a real, real practice. And when I was practicing yoga, I used to do headstands a lot. But when I used to really do them was like back in 2014 when I was in undergrad because there was this um, this young woman. She was a senior at the time. I think I was like probably a junior or sophomore. And she was a, a dancer for our for the school, the university dance team. But she was also a dance major. And she was in like our Mac lab working on handstands. And I asked her, could I try? Cause she spot me and she did. And it just made me like want to continue to practice. So I did. And I mastered doing it on my forearms, but 
I haven't really done it since then, except when I started practicing yoga, I want to say like in 2018, 2019. Um, and then I just kind of stopped going to that yoga studio. So I've been very, very inconsistent. But since I've been practicing other things that's a body practice you know it's kind of like riding a bike you never really forget but also since I never feel like I mastered it you know there were still those spots where it was kind of scary to try and and when I saw this video on um on Instagram it was this master yoga teacher she has like millions of followers and she was demonstrating like pushing up almost from a plank into a handstand and when she did I was like whoa she made that look magical and for some reason in my head I was like I think I can do that and I don't know what made me say that but I I I don't know I just had a confidence about it and part of it was like it didn't really matter whether I could really do it or not I'm just also practicing like positive self-talk so I was like I can do that So today I tried it and I set up my camera while I was doing it. And on my first attempt, the sliding up part was actually the easiest part. Um, But what got hard was once my legs came over my head and chest. Um, And it's crazy because I can feel the adjustments I need to make. I can feel you know, that I need to push up out of my shoulders, that I need to let my head drop so my neck can curve over. And because I'm thinking about it so much, but I'm also scared to do it, I overdid it. I want to say like the first two times and I fell both times. Like I just tucked and rolled. But even the way I was able to tuck and roll out of it showed me my body has more awareness that I'm giving it credit. I'm just getting up there and I'm being scared. So I'm like trying to rely on only my superficial strength and not the muscles that will really keep me there, which means I have to release some control. Like I, I got there, I have to apply what I know, and then I have to release some control to just let myself sink in it. Now, I'm able to say this and articulate this and coach myself through it, but doing it is a whole different thing. And what was keeping me from doing it while I was in the posture was fear. Fear that, like, if I go all the way up, like, what does that mean? You know, like, and I don't even know, (laughs) you know, if I let my neck drop, like, what's going to happen, even though I know what's going to happen. It's still like that bit of unknown. And it's crazy because I can sit here and say, well, maybe because I'm afraid of falling. But like I just told you, I fell twice. (laughs) And then I got back up. It made me want to try again. So I couldn't be fear of, I couldn't be afraid of falling. So I must be afraid of really getting it right. And what else I can do up there? Now that seems absurd because as I say it, it's like, nah, I'm afraid of falling. But it's like, Whitley, you already fell. You know what feeling feels like and you didn't die. You're already close to the ground. You know how to tuck and roll safely out of it. So it just makes me want to keep trying to know like, okay, well, what what is it that I'm afraid of doing the right technique and really applying what I'm able to articulate what I know? And really, I don't know the answer to that, but all I conclude is, is it a fear of success? And 
you know, I faced this in many different areas, um, just at very particular parts in my life. I remember when I wanted to become a dance officer on my dance team my senior year in high school. I joined a team my junior year. You had to be on a team one year before you were a dance officer. Well, my coach, she didn't have anything to do with the scoring process, but just how she carried herself as a woman, you know, just the standard she had for leadership. Like, I was somewhat of a team clown. Like, I just like to talk, play, like, make jokes at the wrong time with, you know, two or three of my other friends who was also on the team. But when I knew I really wanted to become officer, I started telling myself, okay, Whitley, when you're in practice, you know, be serious, be in practice. And I told myself that because even though my coach, she didn't have anything to do with the judging process, I told myself if she see my number on that wall, as far as the officers they chose, I want her to be confident that I can handle the job like I don't want her to look at my number and be like oh shoot is Whitley gonna be able to handle this and not because my dance ability but because of my ability to lead my ability to know place and time and I remember around the time when I was making those changes I didn't really have conversations with you know my friends who we was always playing in in rehearsal or whatnot I just kind of you know, allowed myself to be in that space and be serious. But then when we were back in the locker room, you know, that's when I would turn it back on. And one friend in particular, I felt her energy change because that's the way I started operating. The other two, I don't know whether they just understood or they just didn't really care. But this one friend in particular, she started giving me weird energy. We never talked about it. I never addressed it. You know, I just kind of shook it off. Like, you know, maybe she having a bad week, bad day, bad month, because it went on for a while. And then, um, you know, by the time I made the team, because this is by the end of the year, by the time I made the team, made officer line, and this is towards the beginning of next year. Um, this is towards the beginning of our senior year. You know, we ended up having a blow up. The more so, she ended up having a blow up on me you know, calling me all types of names and stuff. And I'm like, wow, how long you been thinking this towards me? How long you been feeling this way? How long, you know, you been keeping all this in? And some of the main things she kept saying is, you think you all that, this, this, and that. And I was like, wow. And I think that, that moment, because I considered us friends and we went on to be friends even after that because I was trying to be understanding of where she she was in life you know I think that imprinted in me that anytime I make a decision to do what's best for me or I start putting it putting myself in a position like I can't do this anymore you know we still good but I have to level up in this area it may come with resentment from people who don't understand that. And that scared me. Because the way she blew up came out of total left. I felt like she wanted to drag me across the floor for no particular reason. And mind y'all, this is my friend. This is somebody I'm calling a friend. You know, not no associate. We only talk when we hear, like, friend, hold sleepovers, go to places together. So 
that threw me and I think it subconsciously implanted in my mind like really don't shine too bright because if you do it's gonna make even your friends mad it's gonna make even it's gonna make people like this and this is my first time ever articulating this out loud but it's something I've thought about just um recently over the past two years and I've had I've had this happen again not in the same way but just in other ways you know where a friend or something would express jealousy like told me that you know to my face and I could appreciate for her sharing me but I was like dang like you in the background it's like I would expect this from people who you know kind of think I'm winning from the outside but you you see the behind the scenes you know I've worked for everything that I'm like you you see you see so even though I was being understanding of life that's a human characteristic that's a human trait it didn't mean that I didn't go through a period where I was like dang that hurt and I think that we both that's me having a human you know response to that and again it reiterating that success means jealousy success means facing resentment from others success means separation success means leaving people behind even that I want to take with me or even that I feel like you can do the same things that I feel like you even more talented and I'm pretty sure you can attest to this even if somebody's never like acted out on it what I've come to understand is energy never lies and I think when you're really you know, on this path of doing what you're doing, minding your business, like really focused on what you're focused on. Those type of people, we don't like to attribute the, um, we don't like to attribute the characteristic of jealousy to people, even though we can feel are probably being haters. Like we're not the type of be like, oh, I got these haters, I got that hater. Like, we leave that to the people who just, you know, they need to say that all the time. But it don't feel good to say that because we just be in a place like, shoot, I'm looking at you like you got this going on, you know. Um, but the reality is, like, that's going to be a part of it. And there are many of us that fear that more than we fear failure. Now, we may tell ourselves that we fear failing or looking crazy in front of people, but we know we didn't did that plenty of times. <laughs> like, we don't care. But it's the fear of success and what comes with success that, that when with success comes exposure, with success comes haters, with success comes people who try to discredit or discount the work that you know you did and they probably know you did. With success comes separation, even from people that you love. With success comes misunderstanding just because of who you are and the mindset you've had to cultivate and the focus and the discipline that you have now. That you can't do the same things, that you can't go to the same places. Not that you think they're bad, but just on the path that you're on, like it don't even align or sometimes you don't even have time for it. And there's a burden, there's a weight, there's a responsibility that comes with you stepping all the way in that and really trying something new. And where a lot of people hold themselves back, even subconsciously, 
is not giving a hundred percent to the pursuit of whatever it is that you want because of those fears and so I just wanted to give that message to y'all you know or whoever this message is for because this message ain't for everybody this message ain't for everybody but for you all who are adamant about operating the spirit of excellence wherever you go and it's not even because you want to that's just like your disposition (laughs) like that's just like how you move you put your hands to something and you already know like oh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do this like you ain't even gotta be getting paid for it and that's how you show up like this message is for for you don't shrink your excellence because you're afraid of that. Don't switch, don't, don't, don't limit your shine because you feel like you know people see you, but they acting like they don't. Don't minimize your excellence because you're not getting the support or anything you thought you should be getting. Don't minimize your excellence and your shine to make other people around you comfortable or more secure in what they're doing or not doing. Don't minimize your excellence because you're afraid of missing out on friendships that are supposed to evolve anyway. Don't minimize your excellence because you're afraid of going 10,000% because you know what is going to come with that. Because what I will tell you is just as much as you can foresee the negative things and you can feel the negative things that come with it the rewards will far outweigh what you think you're experiencing on your journey up if y'all don't know um, the story of Joseph in the Bible Joseph had about 10 brothers and they all lived in the same village of course but Joseph was most beloved by his dad And I think it was because he was the son of the wife he loved more, um, which was Rachel. He had two wives, Leah and Rachel. And Leah had a lot of sons, and then Rachel had Joseph. And she was barren for many years, but he loved her more. So I'm guessing that's why he loved Joseph more. Well, he gave him this coat of many colors, and Joseph could also... um, he would have these vivid dreams and so one night God gave him a dream that the sun moon and the stars uh, would be even bowing down to him that his whole family everybody in the kingdom would be bowing down to him now Joseph didn't interpret this dream his brothers really interpreted it. a lot of preachers preach it as though his he interpreted it, but his brothers interpreted the dream he just told it as he saw it so naively he shared this dream with his brothers thinking they're going to be happy with him because even though if you're reading the Bible, you know, it explains that his brothers were jealous of him. Like Joseph, he naive like many of us are when we face this type of, type of energy amongst friends, amongst family members. Like we try to, you know, deny the energy that we feel. So Joseph, he's still acting normal with him. Like, y'all, guess what? This dream, like he really excited about this dream God gave him. And he see it as something that they're all going to benefit from. And his brothers got jealous of the dream. 
like, who does he think he is? We about to bow. We about to be bowing down to him. Who would he think he? They were jealous of him, so they conspired to kill him. But one of his brothers, um, they thought about one of the brothers that loved Joseph the most, and so they just sold him into slavery. But they t- they tore up his coat, put like lamb or sheep blood on it, and then for years, about fifteen years allowed their whole family like the dad everybody to think he was dead you know and at some point they thought he was dead because you know they sold him into slavery how it was back then you good ass dead you know being a foreigner in another village for the next 15 years though joseph was a slave in potiphar's house he ended up getting lied on because the woman the wife potiphar's wife you know, she was for the streets and she tried to sleep with him because Potiphar was always gone. She needed some attention. And so he wouldn't sleep with her. God was building character. That's a whole nother episode. And he was like, nah, God has entrusted me. Potiphar has entrusted me with all of this stuff in, in his house, put me a leader. And he didn't have to do that. And the only thing that's off limits to me is you. No, nah, I'm good. I won't go against God like that. We'll talk about character in another, you know, in another episode. But when Potiphar got home, the wife lied and said, oh, he raped me, this, this, and that. I feel like, and when you read it, I feel like Potiphar didn't believe him. But back then, you know, he couldn't call his wife a skeezer and lie, like, because he, he couldn't prove that either. So, you know, he threw uh, Joseph in jail. Now Joseph is in jail after still being a slave for many years. And so he serves in jail because everywhere Joseph went, people acknowledged there was a spirit of excellence on him. So they put him in charge of even, you know, all the other prisoners. Like he, every, every place he went, they put him in charge. Like he was trustworthy. He had character and people recognized this is a man of God. Like this is, this is somebody who got something on him that's dripping he got a gift on him so he he ended up being over the whole prison and then uh, a couple of years in a baker I think it was a baker and I forgot what the other man's job is and they worked for Pharaoh well one of them I guess tried to poison Pharaoh and so he threw them both in jail until he he got to them to give them their jurisdiction and so, um, I guess, I forgot what happened. Both of them, I think, had a dream or something like that. And he told the fortune of, of both of them. And he said, hey, if y'all go back to the palace, tell your boy, tell Pharaoh about me. <laughs> Let him know, like, I've been wrongly accused. Get me up out of here. Well, another two, three years went past. You know, they didn't go tell him immediately. But one night, Pharaoh had a dream. And the baker was like, hey, there's this dude down at the prison and he interprets dream. He told me, you know, who poisoned you, who tried to poison you that time. Like, you should go get him. So Pharaoh calls for him. And overnight, Joseph went from the boy in the village to being a slave and in jail for about 14, 15 years to being second in command over the whole Egypt. Second in command. 
the only person higher than him was Pharaoh. And then a famine hit for seven years. And so Joseph's brothers were sent to Egypt to Pharaoh to ask for food because they, they were in charge of rationing out the food to the entire village. Well, his brothers got to the door and Joseph opened it and Joseph can recognize them. But since it's been so long and they think he's dead, the brothers don't notice this day brother. And Joseph immediately sees them. He doesn't reveal his identity because he realizes they don't realize who he is. So he treats them to dinner, all of this, and he finally reveals his identity and his brothers were shook. They were scared. They were scared because now he was in the position to get revenge. He was in the position to condemn them. He was in the position to leave them for scraps. And he showed them grace. And, and that's where scripture comes from. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And he was only able to have that heart because of everything he had experienced, even the tra- betrayal by his own brothers at the beginning. But that dream still came true. And even, even as he was experiencing the sorrow of seeing his brothers and still feeling like, man, these dudes tried to kill me. He could have nothing but grace for them because now he was in such an elevated position. I don't tell this story to give y'all no, you know, Bible lesson to preach at y'all. But I tell that story to emphasize that Joseph still had to have faith and he had to continue to pursue whatever God put on his heart with a spirit of excellence. It didn't matter whether he was a slave in Potiphar's house to being in the prison. He was always trying to operate in his gift. What if he was so dismayed and so thrown off and so bitter that his own brothers tried to kill him and put him into slavery that when the baker and whatever that dude was asked did somebody know how to interpret dreams he'd have just looked at the wall like he didn't hear them because he feeling some type of way he like I hope they figure it out they would have never been able to tell the pharaoh hey there's a dude in jail who got a gift you may need to go get him this dream you haven't I can't do nothing about so sometimes things will happen along our journey and if we'll let them they'll throw us off because there will be people who will try to speak down to you there will be people who will misunderstand you there will people there will be people who will criticize you there will people there will be people who leave you there will be people who intentionally misunderstand you and the most hurtful thing it'll sometimes be people who are the closest to you and that can leave you hurt that can leave you broken it can leave you bitter and then that results in you hiding or not operating your gift because you're afraid to keep shining you're afraid to keep moving forward you're afraid to keep going at it with the same vigor, with the same excellence, because you're afraid that's going to continue to happen along your dream, not understanding that when you get to the palace, you'll be greatly rewarded. And though some of that pain may still be there, you're going to be able to say, man, you meant it for evil. But it was always for my good. It was always because I was going to benefit at the end. So that's the message for tonight. If this message was for you, you know it. Um, Keep going. Keep putting 100% in. 
don't let nobody detour you from your path um and just stay ten toes down because it's it's not the path is not it's not for the faint at heart but you were made for such a time like this you were made for such a time like this and there are people connected to you hoping waiting and needing you to understand who you are needing you to realize your purpose needing you to keep going so you can't give up you can't give up you gotta try your best you gotta put your 100% all and you can't be afraid of trying so I love y'all so much um you want to reach out to me you can find me at arts feminine on twitter wondering whitley on both facebook and instagram wit wit hooray is my personal page on instagram and the feminine arts academy on youtube instagram and facebook you can also find my contact information on my website at whitleyngreen.com and my blog is there i love y'all so much and remember get in alignment and receive your assignment talk to you soon